Warbound Radio is geared towards reuniting and highlighting the warrior class of black society and the importance that still remains relevant regarding the uplifting and bolstering of black men. Through scripture, intelligent thought, and reflection, we can control our direction towards victory in higher planes. All clips utilized in this podcast are considered fair use. Black men have increased their participation rates by 52% over 2018. And I do not believe it's because of a deep well of enthusiasm for my opponent. We know that black voters are often discounted. And unfortunately, this year, black men have been a very targeted population for misinformation, not misinformation about what they want, but about why they want what they deserve. And my campaign has been the only one that has very intentionally, thoughtfully and consistently reached out. That has been misconstrued as concern when it indeed is just respect. I know I'm not entitled to a single vote. I've got to work for it. In, in a state like Georgia, you have to meet people where they are for real. And, right. and, and what I mean is, I'm from Atlanta, and 15 minutes outside Atlanta is Georgia. Georgia's 35% black, 35% African-American, uh, which means the, other, you know, the, the rest of the people are not black. But they are, they are poor working in middle class. And if you're going to appeal to those people, you know, you can appeal through, we don't want hospitals shutting down, absolutely. We want teachers to get raised, absolutely. But the Democratic Party in the last two weeks, they've done um, vote versus bucking, and, and it, it had two yeah. incredible entertainers with Saucy Santana and Trina, but that ain't gonna get black folks out to the polls. That, and in fact, it feels condescending, it feels mocking, and it feels like slave cartoons. Yeah, I, I mean, that's not to diss those artists, that's to say in the way that it's presented, the way that people take it, it doesn't feel right. Whatever white person you got running your black outreach, fire them. Uh-huh. And hire, <laughs> hire Teslin Figaro. And, and Brian Kemp is running an effective campaign because this week, what Mr. Kemp did was he went to an all-black boys' school that's ran by a conservative black man down in Albany, Georgia, young black man. But this guy got a charter school with all black boys. So guess who the picture goes up with him yesterday? He has Governor Kemp with the boys yesterday. That picture goes up. Shelly Winters, who's an incredible black man, does a lot in Atlanta, happens to be a conservative, has a great radio show. um, He's a great radio show host, but he goes in the public and out the streets every day. He got a bunch of conservative black men together. Kemp went with them. Then he went over to a Democratic enclave with uh, Ryan Cameron, one of the most popular radio hosts ever out of Georgia, staunch Democrat, and impressed the Democrats in that room. I would advise if I was in Ms. Kemp's camp, you need to go everywhere he just went. Ms. Abrams. And Ms. Abrams. Yeah. You need to go everywhere Brian Kemp just went, because what Brian Kemp did was have an effective week with black people. Wow. And I would love to see her do that, but if she doesn't, that ain't our fault. We are made as much by our enemies as by your own ambitions. To look but not see, to listen but not hear, this is the beginning of your doom. Black men the bane of civilized society. Black men, the most worthless of all the male species. Black men, the bullet bags of society. Male placeholders for prisons. Or at least this is what the media would have you believe. If you control the men of one's one's race, of one society, then you control that society itself. We need to look past the common everyday things that we may see on the news or social media, television, whatever, even on other podcasts. First and foremost, black men, we are the first and the last line of defense whenever it comes to black society. Black men, we are the covert ops of the culture. Black men, 
we are the most necessary people of our black legacy and black men. We are the last bastion of black male masculinity. Our image is torn, tattered, and tainted by society, but yet we still stand as a beautiful piece of art representing defiance and triumph over everything that has tried to take us out. We already know that when it comes to certain viewpoints and stereotypes that are presented to other races and broken back down upon the view or back into the petri dish, if you will, of what is called black society, we are not represented in our best light, nor are we uplifted to our full potential that we should and could be. We are not expected to work together, create foundations for our legacy. Alternately, we are expected to tear each other down, continue to take pot shots at our own masculinity amongst our own brothers, and deal with accepting dead last as a win. If anything, this election period this year, which is 2022, speaking of which today's date is November the 9th, which is immediately after the uh, basically the voting session for Georgia and many other states has gone through. But nonetheless, especially in the case of Georgia, this election cycle has showed us how taken for granted that black men are. As you heard in the first clip, Stacey Abrams, who was running against Governor Kemp, literally breaks down in articulate detail how that we as black men have been lied to and given false information. But yet, Whenever you look at the past, especially with the most recent, uh, let's say, with the most recent conversation that Ice Cube tried to have with uh, Governor Biden, as well as not Governor Biden, I'm sorry, uh, President Biden and and uh, former President Trump, he was torn down on Fox Soul. If anything, there's a black man that was going forward trying to lead black society towards a betterment and achieve something that was never given to us, especially since, let's just go back to the Emancipation Proclamation. And even then, all slaves are not freed. That's a whole nother story in itself. I mean, you don't even wanna hear my opinions on Juneteenth right now, but we'll get to that probably in another, another session. But nonetheless, as you can see, we're still being taken for granted even though we are called the cornerstone. But yet, whenever a warning is not heeded, but it is given freely in hopes that it will be taken and utilized properly in the form of Killer Mike trying to explain to Governor Abrams why she needs to reach out to the black male vote in order to actually achieve her goal for once. He goes unheeded, and if anything, he's turned away, demonized, turned into somebody who is against black society because he is not speaking as a Democrat. Or he's not just shutting the fuck up and doing what he's supposed to do and voting Democrat simply because of the fact that he's black. Those days are over. Just because somebody wants to vote their opinion and leave the, the poll knowing that they are voting on something that they're sure of does not mean that we as a society, we as a people should go and demonize them. I've actually had, uh, I've seen comments on some of the 
the ministry content that I follow that are actually trying to shame men for voting what it actually goes to their best interest. And if anything, they're mainly coming from other black men. I remember leaving a quote a long time ago on a social media source that I followed a, a couple of years now. And the video was basically about how Governor Kemp was hearing the black manosphere. My quote basically stated, I'd say she lost the air in the cells when she brought up abortion in front of a group of men who, with a good chance, were legacy-minded thinking brothers. I could be wrong. It's still not a good luck for two black men who care about the growth of black society. That was a quote whenever uh, it was brought up that Governor Kemp went, as Killer Mike stated, to an all-black boys' school and actually went to conservative black men's groups and spoke with them and had conversations, even went on the front lines to face off against other black male Democrats and actually trying to come to a consensus to listen and figure out what the struggles and shortcomings were as far as what black men in society had to deal with. Now, later on, this person came up and said, I don't get the abortion argument. I'm pro-life for myself, but I'm like, if you want children, have children. What do legacy-minded men have to fear? Completely missing the point. I literally broken down to them. There's nothing to fear on legacy-minded side, just not a good advertisement to sway people to your side. That's like telling a trucker they won't be needed in the future if you vote for me. Or a football league that robots will replace all of them if you vote for me. And so on and so forth. Basically, men who care about leaving a legacy and namesake behind gain no benefit from supporting abortion. He follows up with that logic didn't follow. Laws are about precedent. Abortion was on decline the last 20 years anyway. It's about not building a bridge to outlying gay marriage and a myriad of other things. It's about not being authoritarian. Like I said, I'm pro-life for myself, but I'm not about strong-arming women into having children they don't want. It's a weird argument. Like, are you about black people having more kids? Which he said he is. Or making the decision not to have more kids before becoming pregnant. The overturn of Roe v. Wade is about preserving white life as white women in the Western world aren't having children above replacement levels. Again, abortion rates were falling anyway. Women just aren't having children like they used to. Nowhere in the first comment did I say anything about Roe versus Wade or forcing women to have children they don't want to have. So honestly, where the fuck did this come from? This person is basically speaking from the way they feel about certain things without taking in the full totality of all the information that to be putting place in front of them. Their main concern is coming from a skewed perspective from the opposite side. And seeing as how this is a man basically stating that there are issues in society whenever it comes to women in this overturning of Roe versus Wade, which I'm not saying was done right, but at the same time, there's also realization that if you are a legacy minded man and you are trying to have a family and you have committed yourself to one woman, then all of a sudden something goes wrong to the point where you look up one day and that woman's like, I don't want to have this kid. And you're like, why don't you want to have this kid? We've been together for so long. And then she says, I've already had an abortion. Where was your decision in that? Especially seeing as how both of you had committed to each other. 
that's just one perspective as far as I look at it. Whenever it comes to Roe versus Wade, in all honesty, if a woman has been violated herself, if she has gone through something that ends up with her being pregnant and she does not want the pregnancy, I can understand that because she was forced against her own will. Just like if there's a chance that the baby is gonna come out deformed, defective, potentially kill the mother, so on and so forth. Anything that could potentially lead up to death, then yes, I can completely understand an abortion. But my perspective, and again, this is my perspective, women utilizing abortions as birth control, that's where they're coming from. And that's where it starts to be too much for me because there are so many multiple different ways to prevent a pregnancy in the first place. Number one, being abstaining. Number two, marrying before you carry number three this is option c utilizing a condom whatever there's multiple different options out there but to any man who gives a damn about his legacy going up in front of a whole entire group of men talking about roe versus wade is not exactly the best way to sway black votes towards your your campaign as we can all see because once again, she lost. But I'll follow up with what I said to this person. No one is strong arming or saying anything about forcing women to have children. Take yourself out of the picture and look at it from this angle. The basic purpose of any man who wants a family is to leave a legacy or someone to carry on the future for a better world. Whatever positive blurb you choose. And it continues with, you already told... You're already told you are not important and don't matter in the long run of things. Take that into account as you are being told that the very thing that is guaranteed to kill your legacy is a main problem. That a person who makes major decisions is pushing to try and convince you to vote for them. Literally fighting for a person to terminate your seed simply because it was a mistake even though you are willing and able to take care of them and the child. The argument does not sway people who care about making a family. Stats aside, statistics aside, she did not read her audience correctly. This this is exactly what I said about Stacey Abrams. And it continues with a response. I don't know who is telling black men that they don't matter. Anyone that wants kids can have kids. You know what I mean. It is a fairly rare situation where a man gets a woman pregnant and he wants the child, but he, she doesn't, does not. I know what happens here and there, but that's mostly a false narrative. If anything, it's the guy trying to convince the woman to have an abortion. If the woman wants to have an abortion against the man's vo volition, that's almost certainly not a marriage or even a relationship. Well, no shit. <laughs> so it finally got to a point where this person kept trying to sidebar and talk about Governor Kemp, but I kept bringing it back to the main focal point, which was Stacey Abrams. And he kept trying to sidebar and deflect and go back to Kemp. And I kept bringing it back to the point where I said, we are not talking about Abrams. Abrams excuse me. We're not talking about Kemp. Kemp was never included in this conversation. We are specifically talking about Abrams. So ultimately it got to the point where I had to break it down to him and I said, putting a lot of faith in a politician is about the same thing as thinking your favorite stripper loves you. They all are the opposition. One party is not the solution for black people. 
even when the parties share our same image. So why should we vote for Abrams? I said, one paragraph, why should we vote for Abrams? And this is what I got back. Voting rights is her specialty, so that alone in a national sense is important. I don't live in Georgia, so that just basically kills your entire argument. So some of the local initiatives only figure into the national discussion in terms of keeping Georgia blue strategically. That means not a damn thing to me. She's a skilled international politician as she sits on some foreign relations committee. Sorry, I'm heading to the gym, so this is off the top of my head. Aside from that, she's a Democrat. You know she's not going to be a flat-out corporate chill. She also won't be beholden to the religious right. He didn't say shit. Didn't say a damn thing. All I all I read was a bunch of babble about nothing. So at that point, the only thing I could really do was just leave this person and leave this conversation in general by saying, may you live forever, which is a quote from 300. Whenever the Spartans were betrayed by the hunchback, and they asked King, King Leonidas, to throw down his spear and his shield. Before he did anything, he looked the traitor dead in the face and said, You, may you live forever. Which is basically an insult because you are going to have to live forever with the evil that you've done in betraying your own people. And failing to see the end goal. Which is exactly what this person is about. And if my views about abortion offend some people, I'm sorry. That's just how I look at it because I've known somebody who's gotten multiple, not, not multiple abortions, but I've known somebody who's gotten an abortion. And as soon as she walked out, she was heartbroken because the last thing she was able to see on the screen was the life before it was taken away from her. And this was her first and only time going there. And then she told me about all the other women that were there. The ones that had had multiple abortions before and went in there like it was nothing. The ones that were actually trying to hide the fact that they had cheated on their men who were in the military across the seas. And they ended up getting pregnant with the person that they cheated with. So they had to hide the evidence. Not saying that there's a chance that the dudes overseas may have been angels, might not have been angels, whatever. But just the simple fact that whenever a woman cheats and she gets pregnant, she cannot hide that. The only way she can hide it is by getting rid of it, which means that as far as relationship building, the man who may have went overseas to try and protect his family and stand up for the nation, so on and so forth, and then come back to his beloved family that he went overseas to fight for and make sure that the evil that was being done overseas doesn't come to America when he comes back home and he has to deal with the fact that his wife has cheated on, cheated on him with somebody else and ended up pregnant or cheated on him with somebody else and hid the fact that she was pregnant, either way it's a lose-lose situation and he's gotta help, she actually has to hold that L. She might be holding the uppercase L, but at the end of the day, he's gonna be holding the lowercase L because if you don't know about that shit, then post is clear, right? So it just justifies having another abortion. But this just my viewpoint on it. Accountability is the best way to make sure that that doesn't happen but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story in itself later on end of the day 
being taken advantage of, being told what to do, being told that you're not worth anything, and having to live every single fucking day with this shit. It gets old. And yeah, we got a couple of those family members that are like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just don't listen to people. Worry about yourself. Okay, cool. Yes, you can worry about yourself. But it is going to be there regardless. We are made as much by our enemies as by our own ambitions. We are the end result of those people who do not see the worth in us. At the end of the day, it is up to us as brothers to come together to build each other up and to grow, create foundations, create legacies. But we cannot do that as long as we accept this bullshit that is called the quote unquote culture. Because if this is our current culture that we're supposed to push into the next generation, a culture where to use entertainment, which is what we fall into the category of, unfortunately, because there's so many other talented black people out there that are more than just entertainers. But since everybody can relate to entertainment, let's go ahead and go with this. If our goal is to push the culture into the next generation, we're already doomed because we have allowed our enemies to control our own ambitions. When I say entertainment, let's go ahead and narrow it down to the quote unquote hip hop world, which has been corrupted and changed because hip hop isn't the same anymore. Hip hop used to be about four elements, storytelling, so on and so forth, whatever you want to call it. Go back to the KRS times. It used to be about something. There was a message behind every single bar, every single lyric, every single song from the Wu-Tang Clan, the Black Star, the Talib Kweli, High Tech, Most Def, Guru, so on and so forth. There was a message that was basically getting people to realize and wake up to the atrocities that is happening to black society. And then you look up now and hip hop has been taken away, turned into a hybrid Frankenstein of mixing rap with drug culture, violence, so on and so forth, whatever. And I'm not saying it's all hip hop because you do have some people out there that do try and get that message out and do try and do positivity for for the society. But nonetheless, if we take our hip hop culture now, especially with the high rate of death that's been going on amongst our artist, which by the way, Abrams was pushing a couple of hip hop artists as well during all this stuff. They had to, she had the Migos come out to, to basically push her platform. And if you look now, the Migos are number one, they're broken apart, but number two, they recently lost somebody. They lost Takeoff. Still trying to figure out exactly what the story is about, but so far the story is about a dice game that happened outside of a bowling alley somewhere in Texas. I think it was Houston. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But nonetheless, a dice game happened, supposedly, outside of a bowling alley, which was happening in the after party, which ended up in an altercation that ended up in a discharging of a firearm. And some of the rounds ended up hitting takeoff and they, and they killed him. First and foremost, 
you are, for lack of a better description, in a different damn tax bracket. Why the hell are you still doing the same gangster shit that you used to do a long time ago? Whenever you didn't have anything. Because at the end of the day, we have to work to get to where we have to be at in order to do better. When we don't have anything, we have a lot, we have a lot more leeway and a lot less to lose. But the more we gain in our life, the more we have to value it. And we have to realize that we've worked so hard to get to the point where we should not be putting it up on the chopping block to be lost. Why are you gambling with your life? Because at the end of the day, if you have done so much to create success in your life to the point where you think that everything is a game and nothing that you've done is important and you can do it again over and over and over again because you're always going to have that skill. Why even put yourself at risk like that? We have got to realize that we are worth the effort to protect. Your life is worth the effort. We have one of the highest suicide rates amongst all men. If we look at the data from 2011 to 2020, suicide rates for black African-American populations by sex, and this is on the Suicide Prevention Resource Center website. And this is at a rate which is age adjusted per 100,000. Out of the overall United States percentage of 22.9 people per 100,000, or basically uh, 22.9% um, adjusted, like I said, at age per 100,000. This is the nation, uh, by the way, the nation's uh, rate is 22.9 versus the black or african-american rate which is 11.7 that is a good half of that rate that's for men black african-american men black or african-american men excuse me then we'll go to the female rate and again this is for 2011 to 2020 it is 6.2 for the overall u.s uh rate and when it comes to black or african-american women it is at a 2.6 rate now this is based on again 2011 to 2020 these numbers have increased drastically so it's already bad enough that we've got that looming over our head if anything this is where the gauntlet gets thrown down we as men should at least on a daily basis commune with other men in our circle outside our circle whatever and let that other person know you are important you continue to fight don't say that bullshit about grabbing the boot, your bootstraps and, and pulling yourself up because damn it we ain't got no bootstraps we never had bootstraps Every time we started trying to cobble the shoe together, I mean, it was torn apart. We lucky if we still on our bare feet, if it's not just skin and bones at this point. But nonetheless, we got to build it. We got to put it together. Got to get it out the mud, basically. So you go look to another black man and you tell him, keep fighting. Keep going. You are not alone in this. You are worth something no matter what bullshit anybody else tells you. 
you need we all need to unify in brotherhood if you need to go out and find a group where you can do that go find that group if you need to go get a group of friends together and go out and just hang out and chill go do that do not take that route and add more to that number do not let somebody's ambitions somebody else's ambitions that are built upon a foundation of negativity become your enemy if anything you should be the enemy of those ambitions especially if they seek to utilize you and use you in a negative form you are in control of you as a person and you as your purpose do not let anyone change that your ambitions make you as much as your enemies do but what do your allies make you find those people build with them and let's make this better